This episode is brought to you by the Arvada Center because they're kicking off their summer concert series in June. Relax under the stars at the Arvada Center's outdoor amphitheater and take in acts like Melissa Etheridge, Big Richard, Tower of Power, Preservation Hall Jazz Band, The Spin Doctors, and so much more. Concerts are scheduled for June through September. You can find a whole schedule of events and get your tickets today at arvadacenter.org. That's arvadacenter.org. Today on CityCast Denver. When the Broncos wrapped up another dismal season one year ago, we had high hopes for the future. New owners were coming in with deep pockets. They hired a promising new coach and made a big splash signing superstar quarterback Russell Wilson. But then it all went wrong. Our sports guy, Jake Shapiro from Denver Sports, is back to explain how the new look Broncos fell apart and where he sees hope for the future. Today is Monday, January 9th, 2023. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. Jake Shapiro, welcome back to CityCast Denver. Love being on the show. Happy New Year to all the listeners. And hey, is this the year the Nuggets do it, Bree? I know you're excited. <laughs> 2023, I've already got an earmark down. Come I'm tr- I'm trying to bring people over to my side. You, you think the Broncos aren't great? You should see the Nuggets. They're amazing. But we're actually, we are talking about the Broncos because they're kind of not doing great. But Jake, we had a conversation um, a couple months ago with about these high hopes we had for the Broncos. What happened? I want to go back to two conversations ago we had about bringing Aaron Rodgers here with Patty Calhoun, the, the editor of Westward. And one of the reasons why Nathaniel Hackett, who is a Nepo baby, was hired as the head coach of the Denver Broncos <laughs> was he was the offensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. So a lot of the thoughts at the time was that this guy's going to come in. He's going to help facilitate something with Aaron Rodgers. He's going to come into Denver and they're going to be great together like they were in Green Bay. That didn't happen. And Hackett had no prior relationship with Wilson. Hackett, like I just said, he's got a long history in football because his dad was a head coach. In oh, college football, his hence dad was the Nepo baby. Okay, yep, his dad was a coordinator for a long time, but no real relationship with Wilson. And he comes here, and Russ is good at doing one specific thing, and Rogers in Green Bay was good at doing this other specific thing as a quarterback. And they tried to mesh those two systems together, and there were communication issues. Hackett kind of seemed lost, as would anyone taking on that much responsibility just in general. But with all those meshing and you know the things that come with being a first time head coach he just failed like it was a colossal failure he was the quickest fired nfl head coach since 1978 aside for like ones that had massive scandals or you know did something nefarious well that's what i wanted to ask you about was about the the quickness of this this is 15 games into his first season as head coach is that is that so you're saying this is kind of precedent setting this doesn't happen often no and they gave him 40 million dollars for I think five years. So they were prepared to be long term. But when they signed that contract, there were different owners in place. Oh, and this was pre the Walton Penner. Yep, the okay. Walton Penners come in right before the Wilson contract extension, but after they had already made the trade for Wilson and after they had already signed up Hackett to be the head coach. So it makes sense when you realize there's new ownership. They might want their person to be the coach. They didn't pay $5 billion, $4.5 billion for this thing to be bad. Uh-huh. Speaking of this idea of like Hackett not working with Russell Wilson, um, Russell Wilson, is he 
is he terrible? Are we just is he just in a moment of bad PR? Well, everything that follows Russell Wilson might be a moment of bad PR because he seems like a very good person. Like he seems like he donates his time and money to charity. His wife is awesome, a fierce, awesome pop star. But he is just corny. Everything that comes out of his mouth just it gets construed in this very weird way. Like the thing that went viral that most people in Denver might remember is the thing he was doing when they were flying to London. He was doing high knees up and down the aisle to keep his legs loose because he was coming back from an injury. And he's just corny and it rubs people the wrong way. And his teammates have been very vocal uh, ex-teammates in Seattle about him, you know, and what that's like and not being the best for the locker room. His new teammates in Denver are very weirdly in love with him uh, to the point where it's like suspicious. But the big question you just asked is Russ cooked. In the answer, no one really knows right now. He can't do the things he used to be able to do 10 years ago when the Broncos played the Seahawks in a Super Bowl. Sure. He's not as athletic. He doesn't throw the deep ball as well. But he is a very accurate passer at times in his career in Seattle. And he hasn't been that. He's also a shorter guy. It seems as though he's struggling to see over his offensive line and throw the ball over the middle of the field. And his athleticism in the past would let him get out of the pocket, they call it, out from behind the offensive line and throw the ball on the run. And he's not really that athletic anymore. It also seems as though he's bulked up, which is great because you'd think he'd be able to take some of those hits and he'd be able to run more. Well, it seems like it's costing him a step in some of the agility and made him great in the past. So the question is, can Russ revamp and reinvent himself at 34 years old, which used to be the age that quarterbacks fell off a cliff until we were introduced to Tom Brady? Can Russell Wilson be one of these new age quarterbacks like, you know, Tom Brady, Drew Brees and be great into their 40s? And the answer right now, it's looking like a hard no. And it's looking like the Broncos committed a quarter billion dollars. This is what I'm wondering. Why did we pay that much money for someone you're telling me maybe wasn't worth a quarter billion dollars? And they traded a lot of things. They traded two first round picks, a couple good players. Uh, It's just simply he had a great name. And they were panicking because it's been a long time since there's been a good quarterback in Denver, Peyton Manning, and they look like they were out on Aaron Rodgers. So they made a move for Russell Wilson, who any Uh. team in the league could have had since 2017 because Seattle's been trying to trade him. And they overpaid. And not only did they do that, but once they he got here, they signed him to a massive contract extension worth a quarter billion dollars uh, with about 170 of it guaranteed. So uh, they didn't need to do that second part. But once you commit all those resources, it almost feels as though you need to keep him here. Although he did already have two years left on his contract before they signed it. So potentially we're looking at Russell Wilson as the quarterback for the ne- for the Denver Broncos for the next six seasons after this one. Realistically, he's probably going to get cut after the next season or two. Yeah, I was going to say, we'll just cut our losses and that'll just cost a pretty penny, but it wouldn't be worth it for us to keep him for six more seasons. And the reason they can't do it right now is because they've committed so much money to him that they actually wouldn't be able to afford much around him because when you cut a player with guaranteed money in the NFL, it counts right away towards the salary cap. So if the Broncos cut him this offseason, they'd barely be able to field a team next season. So they can't. It's like they're just in a bind right now where they can't. Yes. Their best option moving forward is likely just seeing if they've got anything left in Russell Wilson this next season. If they don't, 
they're going to tank it and they're going to draft a quarterback going into the 2024 NFL draft. But look, we're talking about that being maybe the best case scenario. And that means the Broncos won't be good for another several seasons. Oh, again, another reason to get on the Nuggets bandwagon. Yeah. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Okay, so I'm thinking about this like bigger picture, right? Um, the team's not doing great. Russell Wilson's not doing great. We we just fired our head coach. But it's also, we've got this news about the stadium, that the new owners are going to do $100 million in renovations, which probably means we're going to keep the stadium here. But what does that mean in this bigger picture you're painting for me? Yes and no, it means they're going to keep the stadium here. Okay. Uh, they have so much money. They're the richest ownership group in the NFL, the Walton Penner family. And they have the resources, if they want to, to not only upgrade the stadium, but build a new one while they're upgrading it. Kind of like the Stapleton Airport, if you remember that (laughs) whole thing. Uh, So there's a chance that they're going to upgrade the stadium. Great. They'll use it for another couple seasons, and then they're going to start way on a new stadium. Now, the biggest question long-term with the Broncos is, is that new stadium going to be downtown, or is it going to be out in the suburbs or out even further? Uh, And I think that's a question core to the heart of the city of Denver and the culture around Denver. Uh, We haven't gotten great indication. There has been some murmurings that some of that land being purchased in the northern parts of the city is from the Broncos ownership group. Um, We don't know that for sure. But one thing to note is the Cronkies, who are the cousins-in-law by marriage, blah, 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 they're all one family own a lot of land downtown and would they maybe do a land swap and make one big mega stadium district Mm. around ball arena with the Broncos. Um, And that's one of the interesting things going on here. And the reason why they want to build a new stadium, even though it seems like they just did build a stadium because they did. Yeah. Is they didn't put a dome on it. So they see a lot of money in the potential of having at least a retractable roof stadium in Denver, uh, you know, for those winter events. And it could be you're saying, I mean, there's obviously tons of speculation happening here, but like it, it because of that, the Cronky Walton connection, it could be this mega complex of like ball arena, new, uh, new unnamed stadium in the same place. And it honestly would be a little bit closer to downtown. And there's a ton of redevelopment that's about to happen in Sun Valley where the um, stadium currently is. So it could really fundamentally change the landscape of our, our city center. This is something that the Monforts did, and it's happening all over the country. Build a district right next to their stadium. They did it with McGregor Square, right. where they can profit on all the bear sales after and before mm-hmm. the game, all the, the food they just sales. They El Chapultepec, Caddy Corner to Coors. Exactly. Makes total sense. So, And this is something that when the Walton Penner Group bought the Broncos, they said, hey, where are the areas we can make more money? New stadium, stadium district and expanding our reach internationally. Mm. And that's why their team president is a former international person from the uh, NFL office. Uh, They just hired a marketing person this week who used to work for the Asian uh, Pacific division of like Mattel or something. So they're going to go hard after growing the Broncos brand outside of Denver because, you know, all 
six of us at the table right now, all five <laughs> of us at the table, and everyone in the city of Denver knows who the Broncos are and yes, likely has do. been to a game or watched it on TV. So there's not much room for growth there. That's a good point. I also like this idea that you're you're sharing that $100 million on a renovation is kind of pocket change for this this ownership group. They might cut Russell Wilson and eat $100 million so, on that. They might spend more money on paying Russell Wilson not to play for the Broncos than they do on renovating the stadium. Oh, my gosh. Um, okay, I, I want to just pull back a little bit and, and talk about something else that's happening in the football world because I feel like it's infiltrated every aspect of, of online conversation for sure. Um, Buffalo Bills safety DeMar Hamlin collapsed on the field during Monday Night Football last week and um at the time of this recording he was still in the hospital what does that mean for football what does this whole thing mean we're watching a gladiator sport and i think when people sign up and watch football they have come to the conclusion that they're okay with watching a terrible concussion potentially Mm. paralysis potentially a life-changing injury But we think that when that's going to happen, it's going to be some kind of terrible head hit, head collision, some, you know, one off play. What is scary about the Hamlin thing is it was a hit I saw a thousand times this weekend alone. Mm. It was a very normal shoulder to chest hit that you see all the time. And from my days of being involved with Little League Baseball, Eight-year-old baseball players actually wear a thing called a heart guard, which is a little protection pad. So if the ball, oh, you know, hits them yeah, right and there, it, it won't stop their heartbeat. Wow. And I wonder if we're actually going to have a little change in the way the equipment is in football because the players continue to get bigger, faster, stronger, sure. while the field remains the same size and the rules remain relatively similar. So I, I think this is just a very scary moment. And thankfully, it seems like he's going to be OK because he's got movement in his hands and feet today but I don't think anyone thought there could be a all of a sudden heart issue in football someone that young yeah but this goes into a far deeper conversation about how the NFL treats its players and the problems they've had in giving them benefits post-retirement like if DeMar Hamlin never played a down again of football he's screwed like he won't get money like his family won't have money his future children won't have money for tuition all that stuff so there needs to be a larger conversation in the nfl and the union needs to hold out for guaranteed contracts to players like i just said with russell wilson he signed a quarter billion dollar contract well the broncos can get out of it and not have to pay about 75 80 million dollars of it because not contracts in the nfl are not guaranteed unlike every other sport uh the union hasn't stuck up for that so There's all sorts of problems with the way the players are treated from a health standpoint, but I don't think anyone was surprised to see potentially a death on an NFL field. I think it's more the surprise of the way it happened. I mean, every time I watch football, I sign up for knowing, hey, I could watch someone die. Yeah. And it's it's really scary. It is really scary. And I think the scary part, too, is like you're saying, the after effects. How does someone, you know, if they don't get any, if they don't have any comprehensive care, if they don't have money after that. That's terrifying. Quarterback for the Dolphins, Tua Tungavailoa, has had six concussions in his career already, three this year. They're sitting him down, it seems like, finally. But, you know, we saw his limp body convulse on the field earlier this season. No one wants to watch this. But we cannot give up our addiction to football, and this comes with that addiction to football. Let's end on a good note. Um, 
Everyone I know here who loves football is super excited because NFL Hall of Famer Deion Sanders was hired to coach the CU Buffs. Jake, I know this means a lot to you. Um, tell me what is so exciting about Deion Sanders being a Colorado guy now. Well, it's funny because I'm an adjunct professor, so I can say he's like my my coworker um, <laughs> at, at CU Boulder. Just a crazy thing to say, but you know, the Colorado Buffaloes have been a terrible football program for. 20 years. There were some massive scandals in the 90s and 2000s. And the University of Colorado, from a faculty standpoint, decided they didn't want any of the noise and issues that comes with being a good football program. And they basically killed the football program. Um, there were sanctions and there were all sorts of other issues uh, that prohibited CU football from reaching the levels that it had priorly reached, which, you know, was a national title. And they've been bad for a long time. This commitment to Deion Sanders is a commitment to them saying, hey, we want to seek glory. And it is really interesting because CU just hired a new president, Todd Salomon. Uh, they actually changed some of the transfer rules, which is allowing Deion Sanders to transfer a lot of his players at Jackson State to CU, as well as other people who would not have qualified to go to the University of Colorado. Look, I love that school. It's not the Harvard of the West. Like, you sure. know, I, I barely did any homework in my past. <laughs> like, come on. So, you know, it, it, I, I love to see them making that commitment as for can Deion Sanders lead them to national promise, I don't know. But it's the closest Colorado football has come to relevant since 2001. It's been a long time. And, you know, Bree, you've lived here for a long time. You you would tell the listeners, when CU football is at its height, it was bigger than the Broncos. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's the only college team I know about in this state. And I, I mean, you know what I mean? I've probably been to a Buffs game and no other college game. Right. It's that. That's how big they are. Bowling, Colorado. I got one more meeting before I go to lunch. That's why you come in. I need your help on a great place for lunch. I mean, the kind of place that the food is so good, it makes you weepy and sleepy. All right. I mean, one of those type places. Let us know in your comments right now. And we're coming. You already know that hashtag. Hashtag. We coming. Um, where would you tell your colleague, Coach Sanders, to go to lunch in Boulder? Because we know he was having a little trouble finding good food here. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's funny because he he's bouncing around trying to find the good spots. You know, I, just go get a burger at Dark Horse, man. Like they've got the starving student deal over there. Eight bucks burger, beer and fries. You know, I, I, I talked about a, an adjunct professor at the university. My class final. I have a party. So this is an advertisement to students at CU. Take my class. I have a party at the Dark Horse for my class final because all semester long in my journalism class, Brie, I tell them the best place you're going to meet sources is at the bar. So where do I have my final? At the bar. Go talk to people. Well, Jake Shapiro, thank you so much. Love being on the show. Thanks for having me. And here's what else Denverites are talking about. A Denver police officer has been indicted on assault charges related to the police shooting on a crowded street corner after let out in Lodo on July 17th. Officer Brandon Ramos was one of three officers who injured five innocent bystanders when they opened fire at a suspect attempting to flee arrest. According to the Denver Post, Ramos was suspended without pay after the indictment. And finally, we have new insight into the causes of Denver's chronic air quality problems. CPR News reports that air quality regulators have announced a major correction to the modeling data they submit to the EPA. Previously, the data showed that emissions from the oil and gas industry roughly match the emissions we produce from driving cars and trucks. Revised estimates now project that the oil and gas industry will account for the most harmful emissions in 2023 by far. 
While the industry disputes the new analysis, it will likely inform discussions over new regulations ahead of ozone season this summer. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell Dion Sanders about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter, Hey Denver, by texting Denver to 66866. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See you later. Also, I've never heard of the Dark Horse. It has been here since 19... 19- 75 and it looks insane on the inside <laughs> it has like a bar a walk the server state the, the server well at the bar is wagon wheels it looks ridiculous i it looks like a oh it's totally a hippie duh it's a hippie bar <laughs>